0: I invite you to pray with me. Gracious and holy God, as we come before your word this day, let it dwell within us. Send your spirit uh, so that these words uh, might sink in deep um, into our being so that we would be sent from this place uh, to live them out. God, we are grateful for you, for your word, for your son Jesus Christ this day, and are here ready to receive that which you offer us this day. It's in your name we ask these things. Amen. Our scripture readings uh, for today um, come uh, first from uh, the book of Colossians in the New Testament. We've been hearing from a prophet each week um, today as we're on the other side of Christ's birth. We hear Um, from the early Christian community and words about what it means to uh, live as Christians. And then we'll hear um, a story from the Gospel of Luke um, from after Jesus' birth. Let us listen to God's word for us this day.
1: Therefore, as God's choice, holy and loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Be tolerant with each other, and if someone has a complaint against anyone, Forgive each other. As the Lord forgave you, so also forgive each other. And over all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. The peace of Christ must control your hearts, a peace into which you are called in one body. And be thankful, people. The word of Christ must live in you richly. Teach and warn each other with all wisdom by singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Whatever you do, whether in speech or action, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus and give thanks to God the Father through him.
0: And now we turn to the Gospel of Luke where we pick up right where we left off on Christmas Eve with verse 21 of Luke's second chapter. Again, let us listen to God's word for us this day. When eight days had passed, Jesus' parents circumcised him and gave him the name Jesus. This was the name given to him by the angel before he was conceived. When the time came for their ritual cleansing and in accordance with the law from Moses, they brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. It's written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male will be dedicated to the Lord. They offered a sacrifice in keeping with what stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. A man named Simeon was in Jerusalem. He was righteous and devout. He eagerly anticipated the restoration of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. The Holy Spirit revealed to him that he wouldn't die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Led by the Spirit, he went into the temple area. Meanwhile, Jesus' parents brought the child to the temple so that they could do what was customary under the law. Simeon took Jesus in his arms and praised God. He said, Now, Master, let your servant go in peace according to your word, because my eyes have seen your salvation. You prepared this salvation in the presence of all peoples. It's a light for revelation to the Gentiles and a glory for your people, Israel. His father and mother were amazed by what was said about him. Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This boy is a sign to be the cause of the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that generates opposition so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your innermost being, too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, who belonged to the tribe of Asher. She was very old. After she married, she lived with her husband for seven years. She was now an 84-year-old widow. She never left the temple area, but worshipped God with fasting and prayer night and day she approached at that very moment and began to praise God and to speak about Jesus to everyone who was looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Amen. Today, in the midst of this season of Christmas, where we have been reflecting on making room in our lives for Christ Just as that innkeeper did all those years ago, as we've witnessed Anna and Simeon do again this morning as they made room in their imagination uh, that uh, Christ the Savior had come. Um, We are going to be entering into a time of sharing with one another. The invitation for us today is to share of a time when you personally have housed the Holy or when you have been on the receiving end of hospitable holiness. Or it could be a story from our collective life, uh, like our scripture in Colossians reminds us of, of our church opening its doors in a special way to offer hospitality. As we listen to and reflect on these stories of hospitality, they can help us discern how we might continue to dwell with Christ as we make room for others, as we enter into this new year together. So what stories of hospitality uh, do we have to share today? Diana has one, we're gonna try this microphone.
2: I'm the guinea pig. Ah, Yay. I actually have two stories one of our receiving someone in our home and the other story is our being received uh, with hospitality this goes back a few years Uh, Claire you would have been one year old in 81 our older daughter began her uh, college experience at the University of Arkansas and when she would call home, you know, the usual power classes going blah, blah blah. everything was going well. She said mom There's a guy in my class that never smiles I've greeted him, you know, I speak to him but no no expression. I know him to be in pre-med And so these calls she would have that topic come up in our telephone calls She said, I've set a goal that by the end of the semester, I'm gonna make him smile. So before the semester's over, Thanksgiving comes, and the call came and said, Mom, he has no place to go. Oh, I didn't say, he was from the country of Lebanon. He has no place to go for Thanksgiving. Can I bring him home? And Tom and I said, well, sure. And he was more had more expression now, but she wasn't really happy. He wasn't smiling. At the time we had a litter of golden retriever puppies. Now you take babies or puppies and if you don't smile in their company, whoa. So what we did, not only were we playing with the puppies in our home, but I called one of the nursing homes to gain permission they were at the age they were a little manageable but not too wiggly for the residents to hold them so we took that litter of puppies out to the nursing home the young man smiled big so julie's goal was accomplished and it it was a blessing for all of us so that's that receiving in now the business Tom and I had in Arkansas was a data processing business back in those days. It was this floor to ceiling computer, temperature controlled room and all that. But the year end brought a lot of reports that had to be generated. You had no wiggle room. They had to be done then. Well, our families were still back in Ohio, but it was not possible for us to leave it turns out in that small community there were about six couples of us that couldn't go home for Christmas. So we would get together, um, and it predominates. I'm remembering it was predominantly one couple that invited us in. So we had that spirit uh, of of Christmas uh, together, even though we weren't with our immediate uh, extended, actually, families. So that's not terribly original, but I certainly do remember it.
0: Anybody else have a story of hospitality they want to share?
3: Jeanette. Since I'm on the back row, I'm going to come up here so you all don't get kinks in your neck looking around. I, too, have two to share. One is very quick and happened today. Um, Being a deacon in my group is a member of our congregation that I have gotten to know fairly well. Um, We still have depths to dig in that friendship, but um, I like to tease her because I never see her anywhere, anytime without a Diet Dr. Pepper in her hand. And that is my drink of choice. How she knew that last night, I had one of the saltiest meals I have ever had in my life and my mouth is a ball of cotton, Today, when she came in, Kathy Flint brought me a Diet Dr. Pepper when she bought it. So you never know when hospitality is going to make an impression. Thank you, Kathy. You're such a blessing. The story that I was going to tell happened in the early 2000s when I was manager at the Hy-Vee Floral Department. And Thanksgiving, we were always open, they aren't open anymore, but till noon. And so I let all my people have the day off and I went in to work it. Being the only female manager who was on duty that morning, I saw a rash of people come toward the floral department to tell me that there was a woman in the women's bathroom who had her clothes off and was bathing in the sink. And being the only female manager on duty, it was my job to go find out what was going on, get her dressed and out of there. So I go, oh great, what a way to start my Thanksgiving. So I slowly walk down to the ladies' restroom and go in and meet about a four foot ten woman who had had a rough life. And she was bathing in the sink. After much conversation, I found out that she had been living in her car for three days on the hy parking lot and slipping into Hy-V to get warm, to use the restrooms, and to bathe since they were open at that time 24 hours. It was almost time for me to end my shift when this was discovered, so I closed out, turned out all the lights, and as I left, I grabbed this woman, put her in my car, and brought her home for Thanksgiving dinner. As she sat down at our table, we all marveled at how this little bitty tiny woman could eat the amount that she ate. She shoveled it in just as fast and hard as she could. Now, it was the tradition in the White family, and I mean White being my maiden name, that we would eat our holiday meals, rack back, clear nothing off, talk for a few hours, and start in eating again. Well, when I married into the Rice family, I quickly started that tradition. So we were used to that. So we finished our meal. We racked back to talk and just about anything and everything and all of our thanksgivings when all of a sudden we realized this young, not young this woman was not with us any longer. So we started looking around. I thought maybe she'd gone to the bathroom to get more food, but as we got up looking, we found her stretched out in our family room on the couch, sound asleep. As we walked over and peered down at her, the four of us, and looked down, I realized the wrinkles and the worry was no longer on her face she was resting peacefully she had a bit of a glow and all i could think of was from the pair of from the bible you never know when you're going to entertain an angel unaware and even though you would not call her angelic in that moment That was what we all experienced. And for the next couple of hours, maybe three, she slept there. Those breathing going into that little snore, we tiptoed around and cleaned up our dishes. When she finally woke up and I took her back to her car, we decided the next morning Gemini, that we would get her a room at a hotel that's no longer around that had weekly rates, which was what we did. And then I hired her to be my delivery driver. She worked for me for a year and a half, coming in on time every single morning for a year and a half, and then she didn't show up for work. She disappeared out of my life just as quickly as she came in. To this day, I have no idea what happened to her. I tried to find her. I tried to see where she might have gone. I have no idea. But one thing that stuck with my family is my two daughters, who were young at that time, learned what a blessing it was. And they have grown up into wonderful women who continue to reach out to those in need. And that was the biggest blessing of our life. And so I say, don't ever not extend hospitality because it will come back to you twofold. And again, thank you, Kathy.
0: Thanks,
4: Turn me on, Rob. Thank you. I'm looking around, and I've told this story before, but I know there's some people here that haven't heard this story, so I'll quickly say, but um, not only did the Rices invite this woman, and, and I think I know who you're talking about because I, um, I think Rob and I had given her a ride back after one of our Christmases, but when we first started coming to church here, it was just the four of us. Our families are from Illinois, and it's, it was just too far to, to drive back. And every Christmas when our kids were little, the Rices would invite us to come over for Christmas dinner. And it was a huge blessing to us. But what was so fun about it, too, is not only was it the Wheelanders, but it was anybody else that didn't have any place to go. I know, or had family. I, I know the Davidsons were there once. That was fun because their children were off with other family. Um, and then this lady um, was there um, also. So um, that's something that our kids will, will always remember. And um, there was always a little gift for the kids at their there um, where they sat at the table. And we will always remember that. Very, very sweet and touching, and my kids will always remember it, too. So, thanks, Rhonda.
0: Anyone else?
1: This story goes back to about, oh, I would guess it would go back to about 1935, somewhere in that time frame, long before I came into this world. But I had a mother that... had a mother who never turned anyone away from her door. My grandfather, Ward, was a uh, supervisor at a lumber mill there in Fayetteville, Arkansas, where I grew up. and. Because of the, his position, he had a home that was really close to the lumberyard. Well, that lumberyard also had a set of uh, railroad tracks that went through the area, and as a result of that, there were a lot of itinerants, uh, men that uh, lived uh, along the tracks. And every year, particularly when it got cold, My mom said that these men would come along and they would knock on the door, on the back door of my grandparents' home. And she never turned the one away. She always invited them into the house, not even knowing them. And she would feed them a meal. And if she didn't have one cooked, she would actually tell them to sit down at the table. And she would actually go into the kitchen and prepare a meal for them. If it was getting close to dark, they actually had... A very small place on the back porch of the home and they would allow them to sleep there that night. Many of them would just go on the next day and never see them again. My mother told me this every year around the holidays And my mother had the biggest heart there ever was. Now, what that did for Debbie and I was when we were at Ellsworth Air Force Base, I was a, one of the main, main supervisors in the radar approach control. And I had a lot of young men that worked for me and women. And they couldn't go home at Christmas because we were a 24 hour facility because at that time, we still had aircraft on 24 hour watch that had nuclear capability. And so we were there no matter what. And one year Debbie just said, we're gonna have anybody that can. She said, I want you to have them come to the house and I will prepare dinner for them. She said they deserve to have a Christmas, even though they might not be with their family. We can be their family. And so every year when after that, if I had to be there at Christmas, or if I had to be there at Thanksgiving, whichever holiday it was, we opened our door to all those that worked for me.
0: Anybody else have a story to share? What's clear um, in all of these is how hospitality is contagious. Amen? Um, That how uh, when there um, is a spirit of hospitality that is shared, um, how that just helps that spirit can live on and be shared again and again um, through the people it touches and other generations um, and in our scripture today, uh, the hospitality—it's—it's um, it's pretty amazing. The hospitality we see um, in Simeon and Anna as they um, proclaim um, who Jesus was to be, um, this eight-day-old baby who'd been presented at the temple. Um, And you hear in them this recognition that this baby isn't just for the kingdom of Israel, right, Um, but is for all people. Um, And uh, the ways um, already, um, you know, people who were devout and had been waiting for the Messiah um, to save the nation of Israel already can see and sense that, uh, the nation of Israel was meant to be extended, um, um, and the ministry of Jesus was meant, uh, for all people, um, um, that message that comes through them, um, then gets lived out, um, in the life of, uh, all the Christians who follow him, have followed him since, right, the generations of the church, uh, scripture we read, uh, from Colossians and the ways, uh, that hospitality gets lived out um, here in communities just like this one. Um, is an incredible gift uh, that continues to share Christ's love and grace um, in our midst. Um, so let's close our time of sharing together in prayer. Um, I invite you to pray with me. Gracious God, we give you thanks uh, for these stories of hospitality, both uh, from Scripture and from uh, the lives of our community, and uh, the inspiration that they can be uh, for each of us to find ways to further your hospitality, um, to share of your hope, your peace, your joy, your love, your life uh, with those that you bring into our lives. Um, with our community and our world. God, we ask you uh, to help us um, uh, continue to learn and grow into dwelling with you, abiding with you, so that we can welcome um, more people into uh, the love and grace uh, for which we are so grateful this day. God, we thank you for this time. Um, and ask your blessing upon us as we seek um, to serve you uh, in this place and in the world. It's in your name we pray. Amen.